Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again. Welcome to You Know It's Fake Right, the ongoing battle with the dirtiest four-letter word in professional wrestling. My name is Brian Breaker, and I am officially back from Florida. Um, it was a great time. It was hot. It was very, very hot. It was um, quite an expensive vacation, too, so I'm still kind of recovering financially, but getting getting back on track. It was a great time though. It's always good to get away, if you guys know. And um I'm kind of in that position now where it's like, oh, I need a vacation from my vacation because it was uh, it was pretty tiring, but it was a great time. It's a uh, it it was it was a great time to get away. It was a great time to um you know, chill with the family, get to do some great amusement parks and and things like that, but it is officially time for uh, for a new episode of You Know It's Fake, right? So episode 28 is up this week, and my guest is Mitchell Lee. Some of you may not be familiar with Mitchell Lee, but he is a ring. He was a former ring announcer um, for a company called Compound Pro Wrestling here in Tulsa that I worked for, and Mitchell's a great guy. You know, I met him. He is a guy who spent a decade of his life pursuing um, country music as a singer. And I've always appreciated anyone that pursues something, you know, that that's like that music, whatever it might be, pro wrestling. They're all, they're very different, but they're all kind of also very much the same where, you're, you know, you're pursuing that, um, that dream, right? That, that idea of getting to, to another level as a performer. And so I can, I can appreciate that wholeheartedly so it's great to sit down and chat with mitchell uh he's been on uh, breaker remains power hour in the past so it wasn't the first time we podcasted but uh but you know mitchell's just a, an amazingly great dude uh he's a father now and actually just as we record this i just saw that he competed in a jiu-jitsu tournament he's dropped like over a hundred pounds which is incredible he was a very big advocate for uh, the ddpy yoga program he actually got me doing it there for a while in fact i need to do it again Cause that's great stuff. I don't know if and I'm, it's not a commercial at all for that, but um, it was a great. I mean, in-home workouts are always kind of interesting because it's. I think it's hard for some of us to do them because, like, I'm the type I have to go to the gym to go get a workout in, and it's it's almost just like I need to be in a different space. Otherwise, I'll just be sitting on my couch, you know. But. You know, DDPY is great stuff, and uh, you know, like I said, he's dropped a ton of weight. He's doing jujitsu. He's a he's a father now. It's uh, it's really cool to see him, um, to see him happy. I think, and um, and that, I think that's really cool. So, I won't be uh, I won't be keeping this intro too terribly long. So let's uh, let's cut it over to my um, to my buddy Mitchell Lee on you know it's fake, right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here in the studio. I'm sitting across the table from one and only Mitchell Lee. He's a former ring announcer, um, big-time wrestling fan. How are you doing today, brother? 
Pretty good, man. How are you today? It's been a while. Yeah, man. Uh, maybe like a year. Probably, probably yeah. Yeah, because I did the other sh- show the last time. Yes. Uh, the Power Hour. Right. We, we've done yeah. that a couple of times. Yeah. And uh, I know we met up for, for wings at the old Hooters a few times, but yeah, man. I think the old pandemic kind of put a stop to that for a little I bit. I know, man. And now they're not doing that... Uh, all you can eat wings no more. So when they finally start opening up, I went there with a, a guy that I used to work with, and she's like, "Oh, we don't do all you can eat wings anymore." And I'm just like, "Your heart dropped, dude." I'm like, "Did you have to bring more bad news today? Like, right, come on." And the other thing is, Hooter girls just are not as hot as they used to be. So it's like, <laughs> it's a letdown. It's like, dang. I really came here for all-you-can-eat wings. Right. I know. It's like, that's actually why I'm here. I actually like the food. I'm not just saying that. Yeah. But, dude, man, you've known each other for a few years now, and you I found out you've been uh, checking out this new show, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. I like it, dude. It's a fun subject. And as a wrestling fan, you encounter it a lot. It's, yeah. it's, a, very, um, it's a very jarring title. Do you not agree? Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, you were telling me before we started recording, like, because um, I said, you know, like, I like to talk about, you know, instances of people yeah. finding out you're a wrestling fan. Right. Why are you a wrestling fan? Why yeah. do you watch this stuff? And right. you said just this week you had an incident. Yeah, man, no no, no joke. Uh, I've been getting my, uh, I've been uh, getting my armed license, and I was out at the range. I had, like, 20 other people, 28 other people in the class. So there yeah. were, like, these... And the range we were on, we had to go down as a group and come back as a group. So you'd have like this period of time where uh, you were just waiting to shoot, and so were a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, conversations go, and it's being WrestleMania weekend. And like I had, like I was telling you earlier, I haven't watched the show since the Rumble, but I was really excited this is going to be in front of a live crowd. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss that, you know. Well, uh, as you know, it's not the same without a crowd, right? No, I don't. I mean, this is the thing that the uh, the shows have really proved who like who needs a crowd and who can do it without it. That, that yeah. Raw has really showed who the differences and like guys who. So I'm just glad to have the crowd back because I don't like the show fake feeding us what they think we would say. A lot of times I think the crowd boos when they want us to cheer. And I feel sure. like there's times they're giving cheers for their own storyline that we are sitting at home going, nah, I'd be booing this. And because yeah. of that, I kind of it fell off. But talking at the range and I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, because I don't care. I'm a shameless wrestling fan because here's the thing. Uh you might laugh at me at first, but by the end of our conversation, you will either be like, uh, your mind will be changed, or you'll be like, okay, I respect that. You know so you, I mean? but you're you're of the mindset, like, because I've I've talked about on here, as you've yeah. heard, I'm more of the type of someone who doesn't like wrestling. I'm just yeah. like, I'm just not going to talk to you. Yeah. You're like, no, I'm going to change your mind. Yeah, because, I'm going to make you a fan by the end of this conversation. Right, because A, uh, I feel judged, and I'm like one of those overthinker type guys. Yeah. So like when you like crapping on wrestling, you kind of just crapped on me, you son of a bitch. So now, yeah. now you're like, it's a fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so I'm like, uh, I'm going to make you eat that fake crap, you know, because sure. uh, I know I know friends and, uh, and I uh, myself from things I've participated in have like to this day aches and pains and I've not done nothing on the near of the level. I've had like two little Tennessee matches and then done ring announcing 90% of the time. And in that little bit of time, I broke my tailbone and it hurts me to this day when I sit on a hard chair. So don't, you know, so I get offended not by the the fakeness cuz the word fake has some double meanings. It's the tone people say when they say it's fake. It's it's yeah. it's it's not just so much that word. It's like 
oh, you mean that fake crap? Well, you know, yeah. let me pick you up and scoop slam you right here. And I'll show you how freaking fake it is, jackhole. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, Well, because it's almost like I, I've equated it to, and in a lot of these conversations I've realized, where it's, someone's like, oh, you watch wrestling? You know that's yeah. fake. Yeah. Meaning, like, you don't have to watch that anymore. Right. Because I'm, I'm protecting you from right. this crazy, stupid right. stuff. But at the same time, if I say, hey, you want to go watch the new Avengers movie? You're yeah. Like, Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. They can suspend reality for – I think what it is is because wrestling sold itself as real for so long because it had to. That, that was – times changed. People start to understand. But people forget like wrestling started out like kind of real super wrestling. Pro- super protected. Right. Well, it's, you know, what, it, you know, nobody likes to see two dudes just roll around on the ground unless they're really beating each other up. Well, they and say, then, yeah, then, some of the real pro wrestling matches were like hours long. Right. That's right. not entertaining. So what happened was it, it changed. Yeah. But you can't let the people know what's going on because what, what happened is what would happen. You get what I mean? So, well, and then if you let people in, well, that now yeah. they wouldn't buy tickets. Right. Because right. now they wouldn't want to see it because right. this is a work. Right, and I think that the WWE and Vince McMahon had did a great job in transferring it over. The problem is, is you get these dumb heads who, who, who I don't know, they, they think I, I don't get it. Like they, they, they don't get that we get it. It's funny. Like you look like an idiot because the rest of the world's starting to get it now. You know what I mean? Well, like, that, that's Vince McMahon, right. as you said. He called it sports entertainment, right? Right. Because it kind of, it's not really. Full on sports, right. but it's not full on just entertainment either. Right, it's, it's a little, both. It's a, it's a mix. It's both. You you have to be athletic and you have to be entertaining. Mm-hmm. So it's both. It's both, and you have to like be strong. And you've got to, you know, if you get out of breath and you're weak, that's how you drop somebody on your head. Sure. You know, and people don't get that, man. And so I'm that guy who'll be like, oh, really? Uh, you mean that fake sport that has like more injuries than probably any other sport? And like guys like are on the road, like, all year except for maybe 20 days. And, uh, like, you know, and if you if you run into other athletes who have a respect for it, they're the first ones to say, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that, you know. Like, so people just show their ignorance. And I'm the type of guy, man, I can't let you be ignorant, man. Not at least around me. So I will talk to them. And most of the times people are like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Or, right. oh, you know, and I just keep myself really confident about my wrestling fandom. And I learn that uh, they can't overshadow my comp- – because I like wrestling. I'm not a f- – and, like, and what's awesome is there was a guy in my shooting range from Coeda uh, who came up to me. He's like, man, he's like, I love wrestling too. But you could tell he waited till we were all done – he didn't want to interject it. Right, right. And he came over, and he was kind of the more low-key wrestling fan. He's like, man, he's like, uh, oh, he's like, I'm going to be wrestling team. He's like, me and my son love it. And he started telling me this story about this guy in his neighborhood that looks kind of looks like John Cena and how his son thought he was really John Cena till he was about five. And then one day he was like, Dad, that's not John Cena. I mean, <laughs> and he was like, oh, sorry, son. You just didn't want to spoil it for you. you know? Right, and I right. Thought this, so I got that really cool story out of the whole incident. So, yeah, I'm a shameless wrestling fan. Um, and I, you know, I get, sometimes people use the word fake on, not to be offensive, but I find most of the time people use fake to be like, to insult me, like to Mm -hmm. say something like, are you calling me dumb? You don't think that I don't know that it's a real fight? Cause I'm a huge UFC fan too. I don't miss those, you know? So it's like. It's like, I, you know, and like, I, you know, like, thank God for guys like Brock Lesnar and like, cause they had, I mean, even though his matches are kind of like not my favorite and he doesn't 
like he's just shows up, but he has bridged he's bridged the gap a lot, and he's made people res, you know people respect it now that didn't like Joe Rogan. Five six years ago, he would shit on wrestling, but then he had the Undertaker on his podcast, one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. You know, and he's he, Joe Rogan, someone whose mind has been changed on pro wrestling. Right. You know, and that's a hard headed dude. So I figure, like, right. yeah, I figure. Just be shamelessly love it, man. You know. Well, and I think also too, and this is a interesting thing. Like you look at like Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. What's the one thing that both of them couldn't hardly handle? The travel. The travel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, that's one of those things where I mean, as a fan, you right. get it because you're yeah. watching Monday Night Raw live yeah. tonight in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Right. Live tonight, St. Louis, Missouri. Right. Live tonight in the UK. Right. They're constantly right. going other right. places. Right. right. And so and they do a lot more overseas stuff now than they. Sure, I mean, twice a year for 16 days. I mean, I I remember hearing, uh, I, Trevor Murdoch told me, this is how big WWE was. They had two passports because they traveled overseas so much, they would keep one and then the office would keep one to book their next work visa and then they'd switch. So they they didn't have no, they had zero wait time. They could go straight from boom, boom. Right. Yeah. And, And that's like, that's one of those things people may not totally understand, but if you've ever experienced jet lag... Oh, he, oh, yeah, dude. It, it sucks. Yeah. And so, like, imagine you're wrestling every single day in the UK, and then you come back, and that's live raw in Michigan. Who knows right. where? You know, and so yeah. now, now you're back on the road. I know. It's a hard lifestyle, and that's what I was saying at the beginning. A lot of pro athletes now, you've heard, I've been on the record of saying, I could not do that. I could not do that, you know? Well, and I and I was I was talking to someone earlier today. I was like, you know, if I – I'm a, I loved baseball as a kid. That was right. my sport. Right. I have no – Thought that if I stood in a, better, a batter's box across yeah. from Nolan Ryan, right, and he throws a fastball, and yeah. I have a wooden bat, that I'm hitting that thing, ain't, yeah. ain't, ain't going to happen. Yeah, but I know enough about baseball to know like I am way out of my element here. Right, I would be like like you know rookie of the year where I'm in the very back corner, right, <laughs> you know, just hoping like oh god, you know, here right. we go. <laughs> but for some reason, you have some people that know nothing about wrestling and think yeah. oh anyone can do that. Right, no, but that's not at all accurate. Yeah, they're the ones for the rude awakening too. And yeah. I'm always the bully dude who's like, oh yeah, <laughs> you think you can handle it? Yeah, try it somewhere. I mean, it's they exist. Like you know, go you know, go go you know, like because they. It's like I used to watch Tough Enough on the WWE. I liked that show. I mm-hmm. wish they'd bring it back. It was fun. Uh, and I like the er- the later ones. I wasn't a huge fan of the early ones. I liked where yeah. they showed them kind of training and stuff. Yeah, like well, yeah, like it it showed like it would show people though who didn't know like oh crap, look at what they they do to, right. to do that, you know. And I liked that. It was. Even the later ones were still like like they got more like felt like more more even more modern reality started to feel like real world. They would bring on like young people who'd act stupid and crap. Well, they but needed the same, that for the television for, for the show. Ratings. Yeah, but at the same time, they would show them in there having to run ropes, take bumps, and then you'd see some guy who looked like he was in really good shape, and you got Austin over there yelling at him how he you know this is all you you you're gonna have to do a lot more than this right and like you know like so um. I, I, I miss shows like that, and I would always tell people, you know, if you think you can do it, because I've seen so many people who are way better shaped than you who thought they could do it, mm-hmm. and they couldn't do it. So, Well, and to kind of go back, uh, you know, we first met probably about 2017. Uh, you yeah, came well, back to yeah, Oklahoma. I, yeah, I just moved back, yeah, beginning of the year. And you, you found us at Compound Pro Wrestling, started yeah. training a little bit. Yeah. But you had done a little bit in Tennessee before that, correct? Yeah, yeah, I had. At Tennessee All Pro Wrestling out um they're out in East Tennessee. 
Now, to bridge that gap, you had spent many years in Tennessee trying to make it in country music. Yes, I love so country music. Yeah. So you got, I think from that, you probably got the struggle of pro wrestling because it's the struggle of music, too. And, and right. that kind of correlates, And it was because of music that I backwards got in, found pro wrestling, though. Like, I always, as growing up as a kid, loved pro wrestling. And I loved pro boxing. And I love I loved anything fighting. It didn't matter. Well, you said I, you're a UFC fan. Yeah, my favorite movie was Bloodsport when Dude, I was in, ele- love in elementary movie. school, right? So anything fighting, I dug. You know, and yeah, I didn't care if it was fake or real. I loved, like, martial arts and, like... I wanted to take martial arts so bad. My parents couldn't afford it for a while. You know, I finally got to start doing that later in life. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love everything fighting, man. Like, and um, man, I just lost my train of thought because I talked too much. You're good. You were talking about being in Tennessee and yeah, being and in music. Tennessee and being in music. I, I've always loved it, but there was never no, there was never no door for me. I never, I never knew. If I had thought of getting into pro wrestling when I was 18, because I always wanted to be Dusty Rhodes or Waylon Jennings, man. And uh, and they're kind of the same dude. One just <laughs> sings country music and one wrestles. I mean, yeah. you know. And I uh, I met a guy. His name's Hammerjack. And he was wrestling at uh, Southeastern All-Star Wrestling. He was in a feud with um, uh, a guy uh, who I remember he was used to remind me of uh, Bruiser Brody. He just passed away. Um I was going to say that Josephus. Josephus Brody, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he used to, like, he really looked like Brody. He he had his gimmick. He dressed like him, you know. And uh, and I met Hammerjack, and uh, I was like, how do I do this? And he was like, man, we got a school. And he's like, you just, and he t- gave me a guy named Kevin Weatherby's number, and I went. And I was, by that time, man, I'd gotten way out of shape. Because I was wrestled, like, wrestled from elementary through high school, sure. played football, and uh, I was in decent shape when I was, like, young. But I went to Nashville, and I just, you know, I, I hardly ever exercised. I just played music and drank and ate and had a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I wasn't in great shape when I got into it. But it just, like, that kid in me was like, oh, man, you got to go. You got to go try this. You got to go sure. try this. And then Kevin Weatherby died. Ah. Uh. Um, and, uh, and uh, oh, man, Kevin Weatherby, um, I might actually uh his son is still around, and uh, and I hope I'm not getting their first names mixed up. But if I am, I apologize because the real cool guys. I only got to meet his dad once, and he was going to let me come into the school. And Hammerjack was he rests that he would do it at the sawmill is what it was called. And you can go, they had a lot of cool guys come through there. Actually, guys from NWA and like they mm-hmm. had a lot of cool because so a lot of those guys were connected with Jarrett, you know. Um, because that was just in Nashville. Their home offices, when I first moved to Tennessee, TNA was still there. Right, yeah. And the, the, literally, like, TNA's main offices were right off Printer's Alley, the same place where all the, like, Music Row stuff was. And I'd walk by there all the time and be like, oh, that's so cool. But, right, right. But then a dude died, and uh, the sawmill ran on for a little bit, but the, the school was, was closed, and I was like, Man, you know, and I, you know, so I went back to playing music and then I ran into Hammerjack again at like some concert thing. And I asked and I asked him and um, he said, no, there's these guys out at, they're like an hour and a half away from here in East Tennessee. But a lot of the guys been going there and uh, that's where Weatherby, he's wrestling as the black sheep or something now, but that's where they still wrestle out there. And, 
And I went out there and uh, I went through their school, man. And I'm and it was they taught me everything, but you got to realize um, you can't learn everything. In you school, can't though. learn everything, especially in a school like that where it's like a small promotion. And they do they do good out there. They have nice crowds and like they have like a hometown crowd. Like I, it's like something that the people out there. It's something like, to do, right? Yeah, it's like people here in Creek County go to the Speedway, and they fill up those races, Creek County Speedway, and like some of the people love to go to those races. Yeah, absolutely, you know? And man. it's like kind of like it's the same thing. They 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 do well, and it's a good place. It's a really good place to learn the basics. I just didn't get my wife left me, and I didn't get to stay. And I wish I had got to stay there. And by the time she left me, it was another while of crappiness and I finally came back home and then I just I don't remember something happened that made me be like I don't know music here was sucking for me because I found myself I used to live in Nashville where I got to sing for audiences and get to sing my stuff because people would come to hear original music Mm -hmm. and then I find myself going to jam nights here and I play original songs and it's like people don't listen because they're at they're not there for original music but if I play you know a Something that they, they want love, covers, maybe. yeah, yeah. If I play an Eric Church song, they're oh yeah, yeah. The moment I play my jam, and so that was bringing me down. Sure, now, I don't remember something happened. Uh, I think me and my mom went to came to one of the compound shows, and I watched you wrestle Aaron Anders, maybe. Um, and uh, it was fun, man. It it reminded me of Tennessee All Pro. Now y'all had uh had you guys uh, had the, the ring there was a little smaller, but um. But y'all had a nice setup. I dug it. And I really liked it, you know. And um, that's when I met uh, Mitchell. He was easy to meet because we had the same name. And uh, he told me to look up the website. And that was about all he said to me that first night. And then that's what I did, man. I mm-hmm. went and I looked it up. And uh, that's when I came out and I met you guys. And, uh, you know. The I've rest, as they say, is history yeah, kind of, right? I've met some people that I I've met some people that I from that that I call true friends. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. I, you and Kevin and uh, Mitch and Latrillo. I mean, you guys are four people that I'm glad I met. Yeah, out of that place, you know, and Ab- a lot of the cool wrestlers I got to meet. Sure, you know? like sure. I really love. Uh, um, I get to see uh, Michael Wolf, Dylan. I see him all the time because yeah. uh, he uh, he works in my neighborhood sometimes. Nice. And, uh, so well, I, I remember like one of the shows, Colt Cabana tweeted a picture of you because he was like, this ring announcer just said, you know, two for one Frito Chili Pies yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, dude, I love that. Like, that. I, that's totally, awesome, I you know? totally marked out for that. I was like, nah, I'll sell Chili Pies all day long, yeah, you know? Yeah, and, but I mean, again, like... And I, I got to meet Swagger. Yeah, Swagger. for sure. I mean, I got to meet a lot of cool people. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it was a great experience. Um, so, you know... I think there's yeah. there's positives and negatives in everything in life, but yeah. I always try to look at the positives. Right. And I feel like that's what you're trying to do, yeah. too, which I think is cool. Yeah. Um, but to kind of get into the actual in-ring training, you right. talked about this a little bit, but, like, what was that like for you? Because you've done a little bit of training, but, you know, you talked about a broken tailbone. I didn't right. know that, you know. Um, yeah, I've got the footage of that, too, man. Like, uh, that's the thing. When I got into compound, I was trying to be, like uh, Bruce Lee would say, empty that cup. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I... And I had heard, and I didn't want to be like, because, because, you know, I, I've lost a lot of weight, but, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I've been working out really hard. Well, we talked about that on the last episode. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, like I'm a hundred, I'm 110 pounds of fat down and 15 pounds of, of muscle back. And uh, I'm back to doing jujitsu at Triton with Pete awesome, Willem two days a week. And uh, you liking that? Man, I love it. See, I used to do like MMA stuff when I was in high school with Mikey Barnett down at oh, the Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. And see that when you asked me about my wrestling training, that was the hardest part for me getting into wrestling training is because being a being having a wrestling 
grappling background. And that's what I loved about your podcast with, um, uh, and he was talking about Josh Burnett's blood sport, uh, blood sport. Where Simon it's, it's, yeah, it's like a Simon. He was talking about as a, the mixture of kind of both. I haven't seen any of that, but I want to check. I think it you out. would dig it actually, yeah, because I love what it was like. It reminds me of shoot, shoot, yeah. shoot, like stuff like Ken Shamrock and Boss Root, and, mm-hmm. and they used to, you know. Where you didn't punch, but you was a real wrestler, and you open hand, you man, you would slap the shit out of a guy. And now we're learning. You see them slap fights, man. People, that's to just knock your brain as any as a fist can, you know. Absolutely. And that was my hardest part, man. Was like just not well, wanting th- to take people down, like single legs for real. Or, well, and I think you know, also too, because you know I have a martial arts background myself, right. yeah, so it's I like know. someone you, comes at you, you you block, right? And so it's like no, open your chest up, and it's yeah. like. It's, it's a weird <laughs> right, feeling, right? Right, right. You gotta, and you gotta kind of just learn to uh, let go of everything. And right. I think that's how it is with any martial arts you do. Like, you know, don't go in there and be like, "Well, this is how I did it in Taekwondo." Well, you're not in Taekwondo right now, you right. know. And so, uh, so I had that problem when I first went. So when I came, the, the, another crappy thing about when I came here and trained here is there was a class was full of a bunch of little small guys. Yeah. Whereas in Tennessee, it was bunch guy more guys years like hammerjack and some of those guys are you know josephus those guys were all guy big guys like you you know like mm-hmm. and i'm a big guy i'm just not tall you know so well i, I had that experience too when i first started right where it was a bunch of smaller guys so yeah. everyone's like hey dude drop down leapfrog all yeah, this and, and that like, i'm like and i can do that to a degree yeah. but it's not going to look as good as a guy that's smaller right right and it's kind of like and it looks the, weird in a match if i'm doing that kind of yeah i mean unless it's a guy my size maybe. right well i feel like as a big guy, I want to be able to do some of that stuff to a degree, but it's kind of like when you're singing and you hit, you only hit the high note at the end. So as a big guy, I always, in my mind, thought I would, you know, be the good, you know, strong dude, but also be flexible and do those things so that there's a moment in the match where, oh, I can't believe you just did that. But right, I can't right. be the guy like some of these small guys would be doing that the, the whole match, you know. Right. And I'd get into training, and that's what they would be doing all of this, like, uh, you know that's why I like the days when you would ins- when you would be the teacher when you were teaching class. I always like when you were teaching a class more, just because you're a bigger guy and you would you you'd do a little more bigger thing. You know, bigger you know moves for bigger guys that I could participate a little bit more. There would be times in class where I felt like I'd be standing there not getting to participate. But you're a guy. If I if I saw you wrestle, like I want to see you do an elbow drop, right? Because it's like, oh damn, he yeah. smashed that guy, right. and a leg drop, a big right. splash, you know, stuff right. like that yeah, that yeah. that makes sense for you, right? Not, but like, a, I don't need a hundred forty pound guy doing a splash, <laughs> right? Like, like uh, did you land? Like, he'd be so small, it would right. hurt a guy, you right? Know, yeah. And so, I think every every guy in the business is different, and yeah. they need to be portrayed differently. Right, and, right. right. And, I, and I'm a big believer in, like, okay, we need... Because it's easy to be like, every guy does... Because that was kind of how I was trained, too. Right. Every guy does this, okay? But right. that's not really... Like you said, you're like, well, that's not really me. Like, you can right. try, but it doesn't really fit, you know, right, with right, who you right. are. So And, like, I always liked learning that stuff and knowing it, because at the time, I was... Just wanted to use it to lose weight, too. Like, sure. there were guys in the class who were... And this was the same thing when I went into Tennessee. You have guys in the class who their dream is to make it, you know, to, to that's their dream. For me, pro wrestling, for me, my dream's always been to be a singer. But I'm 37, and I've been... Like, I'm 37 this year, and, like... I didn't get into wrestling till uh, you know, don't get me wrong. When I watch a story like DDP's, it, like, really makes the dreamer of me be like... I. 
DDP was 35. You know what I mean? But, then but you like, also know he's one in a million. Right, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, like, but I'm saying, like I said, it's like that dreamer in you. That's, you can't help it. If you're somebody who, like, wanted to do something really cool, there's always that part in you. Even when you accept the reality of, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like oh, okay, I might probably never going to get to play a song for a huge crowd bigger than 100 or whatever, you know. But that doesn't mean that somewhere in the back of your mind that little things don't pop and make you like, oh, you know. And I'm like that. I've always been a dreamer, and I can't help that, you know. So for me, wrestling was always just like I just wanted to try to live a child a childhood. For me, that's all it was. I never cared. I mean, my goal was never Checking a box, right? Right, right. My goal was never to be like uh, – my goal was never to go anywhere with it other than, make, like, you know, if I could have been a cool local character, I think I'd have been super happy with that. You right. Know, for me, it's something that I could just do on the weekend. It's something to keep me motivated to stay in shape. Yeah. That's that's what it was for me, you know. But you just meet, like, so many different personalities. And it's just like music, man. I'm sure. Right. You meet those people who are bitter. You meet yep. the new up-and-comers who are googly-eyed and just seeing. And then you got the guy in the middle who's starting to be like, am I sure – that I should keep doing this, and you meet all, and I met those same personalities in wrestling, and in music because they're both mm-hmm. entertainment, and you're both trying to, trying to do something, and I feel like I have been all those things. Well, and I do know sometimes with wrestling, if if my opinion is different than yours, yeah, on what we want, maybe we don't see eye to eye, right? You know, and I think right. that has happened sometimes. Yeah, to transition, you eventually became the ring announcer, as we touched on a little bit. Yeah, and you did that for a while, which I, you know, I kind of, I ended up leaving the company shortly yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. I know at at one point the idea I think was to maybe transition, yeah, to a wrestler. Yes, at that point, I don't know, if that, but that never happened. I don't know. You have regrets there. Like, how does that feel? Okay. Oh man, thanks for that question. Cause that feels like a real question, and because um, dude, I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm a one. I've been a wannabe, and you know people will treat you that way, but everybody's a wannabe until they do until they do something, mm-hmm. and that's why I, that's why I love uh, Richard McDaniel and the, the owner of Tennessee All Pro uh, because he 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 literally get, he threw me in with the Tigers though, man. Like yeah, you know, and I kind of got a ass whipping from a guy named Kilauea, but it was worth it. He let me know right away if I could handle that. And I wanted to be a wrestler. I got into ring announcing because I love entertaining so much. I, I saw a window to get into the show. A spot was open. Right. You fit the bill. Right. Here you go. Right. But sometimes I think, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to speak for anyone, but, yeah. oh, you're good at this. Maybe we'll just keep you here. Right. And I don't know if that happened or not necessarily. Right. But I mean, I don't know either. Sometimes I feel like it might have because, you know, like I'm a good hype man. I learned that from music. Because mm-hmm. you, you got to go on stage dealing with drunk people. Sure. And like, like, and I, I loved, I, I loved, and let me tell you, I loved, I got to kick off every one of them shows and I got to end every one of them shows. Right. And, uh, and I loved that. And I would have. I didn't leave. I didn't leave Compound because I was bitter or sore. I left Compound because my life got chaotic. You yeah. know what I mean. And uh, and and um, you know, there I was getting to a really dark time in my life, and so uh, that was why I stepped away. But by the time I've made my full circle, the whole uh, spectrum around here has changed, and uh, it changes a lot in like three years. That right, I'm... right. And to answer your question, yes, it's a huge regret of mine because I lived in Tennessee, and like my mom and dad got to see me wrestle in a match out there. I'll never forget because it was a, 
it was a uh, like a, well actually it was th- my parents didn't get to see me in the match um what it was is i was doing a story with their characters which what i was kind of hoping would happen here where i'd be the ring announcer who who everyone likes like i felt like i would get bigger pops than some of the wrestlers that would come out when i the, the people there love me or wherever i go cuz i'm funny and i'm like you know Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, but you also had a character. You weren't just like I'm. You weren't walking out in a tuxedo. That's right, right, right. You were and, doing a character, and I was blessed that they were letting me do that character because I always felt like I wasn't your atypical ring announcer. And I think that people were like, I think in people's minds they knew oh, this is going to go somewhere else, right. and it never got to happen. It started to happen in Tennessee. I did the crossover. I remember they they I I cracked two ribs in my very first thing I ever did because uh, I they came off of a ladder onto me through a table, man. My very first one. It's like one of those deals where should I have went through a table in my very first thing like that? No. Probably not, but not at all. But, but we have a story today because of it. It's that googly eye, like yeah, that man. young guy who's like, you know what, man? I'll do. I, you Let's know, do it. Why not? I even took I even took blood in that very first match, yeah. man. A dude, a dude, a, did his thing with the little. He didn't use a razor. He used one of those little things you prick your finger with to take your blood sugar. No kidding. He had it in his little thing, and he put me in the headlock. My mom was there, and it was so awesome. My parents are wrestling fans, and my dad will tell you the story to this day. How my mom for a second forgot that you know that. I knew I was going to get bloody, and I knew I was going to go through the table and everything. And so my mom getting all freaked out was really fun. And that was just, there were probably only it's like... It's pulling emotions, right? That's what right, it's about. Right, right, And there were probably only 50 people in that crowd. and But there were a lot of little kids who go to school and go to the church there where they where they do the show. That, they don't do it inside the church. The church has a big basketball court pavilion thing, and they put their ring in there and do it in there. And uh, the pastor of the church there is... Uh, He's one of the ring announcers and referees as well. He just loves it, you know. Yeah. And uh, a little kid came up to me after that, man. He's like, Big Rig, are you okay? Are you going to get revenge? You know, like, and I was like, holy shit, dude. Like, it hits I you play, in the feels, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, man, I've played music, and I've had people be like, I love that song you wrote gave me goosebumps. But it was a whole other type of level when some strange little kid came up to a big fat cowboy like me and was like, hey, they did you dirty, man. You gonna get revenge? Because we did this whole thing where one of the guys dressed up in his security outfit and took took one of them to jail, and then my wife left me, dude, and shit started getting really bad. And you know, I, I kind of just had to ditch out on Richard. But bless his soul, a couple years later, um, you know, I was in Tennessee, and it was after I met you guys, and I felt like I could go over there. I was gonna be in town anyway because I yeah. had to go sell my house and saddle up some stuff. And I had been training with you guys doing your shows. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go over here and apply what I've learned here and see if I can go over there. And Richard let me come over and he put me in a match. And uh, and I did really good. And the crowd remembered me. It felt really cool because I'd been gone a year. But like I said, they're a hometown crowd. They're like the same 50, same 50 group of people that go there every week. So when I showed back up, they actually remembered me. And That's I was like, cool. man, I was like, this is a micro, mini-scale tiny little grain of sand version of what it's going to feel like when CM Punk comes back one day. And I you think it'll like, happen, huh? Yeah, I think it may. I th- in the world of wrestling, I never say never, man. Yeah. And uh, he's been saying things in 
later interviews that yeah. he's it feels like his heart's starting to like get a little unhardened. Well, at the end of the day, we all need another payday. Yeah. And, and dude, I love CM Punk. I'd love to see him come back. I, I would you know, too. you know, I, I I'm sorry I'd mark out for it. So and I'm one of them wrestling fans. Hell yeah, I'm a mark. But I'm a smart mark. So yeah. fuck you, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. Well, dude, I remember you actually told me an idea one time and I can't remember if this was before I left Compound or after, yeah. but you, you set an idea of you being the ring announcer and something happens in the match and I end up just beating the piss yeah, out of you. I wanted that so bad. And I remember when you told me, I was like, ooh, that's good. Yeah. yeah because I don't think people would technically see that coming. No, because you were like our supreme good guy there for a little right. bit. Right. You know? But maybe something happens and I get beat. Right. And you, you maybe you kind of give me that slight backhanded yeah. compliment. Like, hey, right. you'll get him next time, champ. Yeah. And, this enrages you, and I just beat the piss out yeah, of you. I but I mean, like that's a that's one of those stories where people might, like, oh, that's that could be something. I, and I always felt bad we never got to do that. Cause right, that would have been a lot of fun. And I know that the crowd that would that came there regularly, they and that we had a we had a good regular crowd coming there. We did, yeah. They would have fucking loved that. Excuse my language. I know they would have because then we could have done the whole. Where somebody's gonna train me to fight you, and like you know, like we'll spread it out over weeks of where it's not like I'm just gonna go stand up. You're gonna beat me up for several weeks while I'm, you know, doing the whole. Well, see, and I thought it would be cool, like if you still had you started to do your job as an announcer, right? And I just walked out and I just stared you down, and you had to kind of right, like almost like a, a whip dog, right? Like, and people like feel sorry for you, right? Because I'm just like I know I kicked your ass, right? And I'm, I can do it again, so you better not, you better not right. piss me off. Until you finally had enough, right? I have to be the karate kid. I gotta and you go. have to yeah. fight back. Yeah, right. even though like maybe you're like, okay, I'm gonna get beat up, but right. I have to fight back. And I would, and in my mind, after the weeks of you intimidating me, beating me up, me finally standing up, you would still kick my ass. But maybe I could do like the whole Austin thing where I don't tap or yeah. I don't, I pass out in the ring or yeah. I just, you know, and, and that would, dude, for me, I could have done that, and I would have that would have been my wrestling goal. Yeah. And I could have done it here where people I went to high school with, people that love me, and people who already, I was already building, like, fans as an announcer, and you people are, love you. I mean, it would have been cool, but, you know, whatever. It's, it. you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I had so much fun, and, you know, I would do it again in a heartbeat, man. Yeah, so, man. like, and like I said, it's crazy. It kind of sucks now because, like, you know. Things have all changed. Right. Things have changed. It's like, things are so dispersed, and it's kind of like, you know, but. To, to all things in their time, you know. You think about it, though, like, that was, what, 2017? Yeah. That doesn't seem like that long ago. No. When you say it out loud, it, 2017 doesn't seem like that long ago. When you say 2017 to 2021, it does. When you say it it's, like that. It's, it's like a weird, like, a short amount of time, but also a long period of time. Right. And, like, all the companies in Oklahoma are different wrestling companies now. Mm-hmm. and. I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them are. And so it's like, right. it's just a totally different... Right. It's a different playing field. It's a different yeah. world. And that world does change a lot. Yeah, it does. And like I said, this is the thing that sucks for Oklahoma. They're, like, oh, pro wrestling's been in Oklahoma for... I mean, my parents used to go to Mid-South. Sure, know, man. Back when, you know, Ted DiBiase... Back in the 80s, and, yeah, absolutely. Man, like, you know, and... Uh, and wrestling was so hot back then. Yeah, you know? right. You know, territory days, like... Right. And, um I think Tennessee and the like Tennessee, Kentucky, and Florida, and a lot of them southern states, man, they still got that uh, that uh, territory feel out there because mm-hmm. there are so many indie promotions. You you could get around in that little area, you know, 
like I said, could you make a living at it? No, probably not. But you, but you could. You, you know, can make a name for yourself. You can to make a, a name for yourself. Yeah. That's what people always forget. And I learned this from wrestling. It isn't. If you're in this for the money, go home. Because there is no money in it at first. It's it, for me. And the music has got to be the same way, dude. It is the exact same. You play for little small crowds. Sometimes the bartender come up to you and be like, and "You tell me if this doesn't. I'm gonna tell me if this doesn't sound like a wrestling thing." You do your show. You're done. You're putting up stuff. You go to the bar owner to get paid. The bar owner says, "Ah oh, man, uh, we didn't sell as much beer tonight as we thought we were. Um, I can only pay you this." You know, and you're like, ah, fuck, you got to take it. I mean... Well, which, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how music works, but I, yeah. I assume maybe you have a regular... Like, you have an agreed-upon sum, right? Right, right. Like, we're going to pay you 400 you know, and then you go in there, and they're like, well, I don't feel like I made enough to pay you 400 and then they kind of put it off on you, because you're like, you're the entertainer, you know, it's like... Yeah, but it's like, you're not... But I'm not a household name that, right. that you can say, oh, Mitchell Lee's going to be here, and uh, people are just going to show up, you know? But, I, but that's not... Again, that's not you. That's not my problem. It, it's the yeah. bar still open. Right. Like, are you, maybe you're not selling enough, you know? Right, like, yeah. I, it's, it's, I mean, I remember doing an indie show. It was a WLW show, and yeah. we had a guy at the time who was kind of running things who I'm not a big fan of, so I won't mention his name. Right. At the end of the night, the pretty much the amount we'd always get paid was fifty bucks, right? Which isn't enough for wrestling, but that's what we got right. paid, so that's what we that's what we expected, right? If the the house was surprisingly big, Harley would pay us seventy five, right? If it was really big, he would pay us a hundred, right? Those are few and far between, right? But, but that's pretty stand up, sure. Yeah. It was this particular night. Harley wasn't there, which is you know it was what it was. He had some personal issues happen, right? The guy in charge paid us all forty. And I remember, because you kind of start to, and I don't know if it's like this with yeah. music, but you start to look at the crowd and think, like, this may not be a $50 night. And there were right. a couple times when we didn't get paid 50 because yeah. it was nobody there. Right. But this felt, felt like a $50 night to right. me. Right. And a guy hands me 40 and he goes, I did some uh, radio advertising. Sorry, couldn't couldn't do the 50 And like, that's not, my, was that my problem? Yeah. Well, yeah. But then I started thinking about it because at the time, I'm, you know, this is like 2009, I'm a... 23, 24-year-old right. kid. I don't know nothing about right. business. But then I start finding friends who become promoters, and they're telling me, like, no, that radio advertising is basically free. Right. They have disc jockeys with a four hours time to fill. If they're a wrestling fan in the slightest, they'll put you on the air. Right. Because, like, hell yeah, come on in. We need, we get time to fill. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. But did he actually even do a radio advertisement? Right. Probably even, probably not. Right. But he probably just, that guy was notorious for skimming off the top. Right. So I would bet he pulled a 10 off everybody. <laughs> right, and put it in his pocket. Because it was always two 20s and a 10, man. Right. It would be pretty easy to grab that 10 for right. everybody. Right, no, no, you're, that is true. Man. And, and so that, that, I kind of get that yeah, same you, vibe you, to you the know, to like, degree. Well, you know, I've heard of guys who would go, it would almost be the same thing. Like, oh, we didn't sell, like you said, we didn't sell as many tickets, so now we, we're not going to pay you as much. And it's kind of like... It's a handshake deal, you know. You don't sign a contract. But at the same time, if you say "screw you, pal," I'm never yeah. coming back here again. Now you got a reputation of being an asshole, right? Because and maybe that that's a regular gig every Friday or something. Yeah, and, and, and here's what sucks about it is if you're not going to sing there, somebody else is. Sure. And at the end of the day, as a musician, I'm there not for the money, but to win your ear. I want yeah. to sing a song that you say oh, I can relate to that. And I, where can I buy it? And I can't do that if I'm not in front of a crowd. Just right. like wrestlers, man, you can't sh- let people know how great you are in the ring or your personality if you're not in the ring somewhere. And I think sometimes people get this big-time idea like, oh, I, that's beneath me. When the truth is, man, 
those 50 people at Tennessee All-Pro or any other limo places, they're the same people who tune in religiously on Monday night sure. and Thursday and buy Peacock now and, like, yep. you know, they're the people who are going to be like... They're buying the They're going to buy your yeah. shit if you do make it to that level. They'll be the ones like, man, I met, you know, and it's music's the same way. It's like, that's what's yeah. the beauty of Willie Nelson, man. Like, that guy will shake every dude's hand until everyone's gone, whether it's rain or sleeting or snowing. And his fans, when he... The IRS got him, and he lost all his money. His fans bought all his shit back for him, and that was yeah. because he is good to his fans. And I'm telling you what, I don't have any fans, but I like to pretend I do, and uh, I, they're golden to me. And like yeah. Garth Brooks said, I will sing for five people like I would sing for 5,000 people, and I do that. Sure. And I get a lot of shit for it sometimes, you know, because sometimes the haters will be like, but you know what, they're really just hating on you. Because you have the guts to do what they don't have the guts to do. I don't care to go sing for five people like it's a million. And so some guy can sit over there and be like, look at this guy. You know, he thinks right. he's, screw you, man. You know why? Because I didn't, I didn't perform like that for you to like me, man. I performed like that for that five people who are actually sitting there listening to me. Mm-hmm. They deserve to see me at my best, too. They, you know, just because there's... They, only, they still paid, right? Right. They don't deserve to see some shitty show because I'm a diva who's like, only five people here. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm, I feel I'm like... Bas- you're basically, you know, I don't know what the right word would be, but like, you're phoning it in, right? Right, right, right. And I just feel like that's what makes Garth Brooks great. Sure. Because Garth has always loved his fans. He always, he will, perf- he performs like even, have you, have you ever even seen him on a talk show? He will perform... Like, he'll perform, like, on that, like, man, he gets into it. He's the type of guy who will perform, he will feel his music so much, he'll bring himself to tears. And, like, that's what I love, my, that's what I love about Dusty Rhodes, man. Like, everything he came out of his mouth, I believed. Ric Flair, everything came out of his mouth, I believed. Even Hulk Hogan, man, in the in my, because I was a Hulkster to the T, man. You didn't grow up my age and You're ripping shirts off the whole deal? Oh, yeah, my dad used to work out at Gold's Gym, and he'd get those Gold's Gym uh, tank tops that kind of would look like a Hogan shirt. Because yeah. back then, I my family didn't get me no merch. And it, it wasn't like a, you know, we lived on Kyle Trail, you know, 1989-90, you know. My dad gets so pissed because I was just only like four, five, six, that area. And I couldn't like strong enough to rip them off. So I would cut little holes in them. And then when uh, Saturday morning uh, I would come on and they'd show everything that happened through the week, everything. Uh, I'd rip my shirt off. My dad would be like, yeah, man, son. You know? <laughs> and he really got mad because one time he had a literal red and yellow gold gym shirt. And, uh, and, uh. He cut it just like Hogan's man. Cut the neck out. Cut the arm. And cut the even cut the three slits in the back. And I wore it for so long because to me it was the closest thing. Because if you remember the old Gold's Gym guy was this really jacked Absolutely, dude holding dude, yeah. holding a barbell. And I really felt like Hulk Hogan in that. And I wore it as long as I could. But it just got to me, and I had to rip that fucker off. And I remember <laughs> my dad was like. That's why I don't buy you a real Hulk Hogan shirt. You yeah, got to rip it off, man. So, yeah, dude, I like I said, when you bringing up that like idea that could have been between us, man, that was, that, that, that's freaking I, – I, I would have dug that. Like I said, for me, that was – for me, that would have been – like I said, that would have been – that would have been for me, that would have been all I needed to do in wrestling. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, like, you know, like I see Dustin has a new school in Texas. I'm like, man, if I was 18, I'd already be in a right. bus and at his school because his Absolutely. dad and him are – his dad is my hero. And, like, 
just if you just, I mean, just to, I don't know. I mean, I think taking one bump, if Dustin was just standing there watching, for me would be like, I'm such a nerd and such love the roads. I'd be like, okay, I can go home now. Thanks, thanks, thanks for giving me a bump there, Dustin Rhodes. I, yeah, that's all I need. <laughs> so. It's it's kind of weird how our uh, we have those woulda, coulda, shouldas. Yeah, in this in well, not just in industry, but in any type of entertainment and. But you know, you're talking about watching Saturday mornings, man. Like that's yeah. you, you talked about those wrestlers speaking to you. Like that's right. that was such a thing, right? I right. mean, like it was destination television for right. for for me growing up. Like I couldn't get enough wrestling. No, people watching Saturday morning cartoons, dude. No, I was watching Jake the Snake, Stick, mm-hmm. uh, Snakes, and Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth's gift and their wedding and oh, Macho yeah. going crazy. I mean, that was real to me, man. Absolutely. You know? And even you know, I mean, like just like speaking of Macho, God rest his soul, legend, love that guy. Absolutely, one of um, my favorites. Yeah, dude, I, I love Macho so much. Like I told you, when I watched Young Rock. I'm like, I want more of that Macho Man guy. Yeah, because there was an episode where he, they thought, they, they thought, thought it. Yeah, I've, I've seen it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, I was like, I love that where he was naked. He was with that chick, and like, oh, he was really with. I was like, dude, that had to be a real Macho. Of course, yeah, because like, like he saw the bandana on <laughs> right, and stuff. Yeah, dude, I was like, I, I, I totally dug that. So I love everyone was watching cartoons, not me, man. I was watching Saturday morning, and it was cool because I remember when guys would, my like I said, my parents would watch Mid South, and my dad was a huge Million Dollar Man fan. But that's because back back in Mid South, he was like their really good guy, like when Doctor Death. And he was just to, he was just Ted DiBiase. Yeah, and the, but he was when uh, him and Doctor Death were a tag team, and uh, my dad would tell me, "Oh yeah, he turned on Ted." And like I'm like, these were all things that happened before I was born. And what's cool is when the network came out, they put a lot of those, a lot of that on there, man. Dude, there's something super fun to me about watching old WCW. Yeah. Oh yeah. And not dude. that it's like the best stuff ever, but the, it's like, man, that's what I grew up on. You right. Know? That's like, how you know you're, that's the thing. I, you would run in, in elementary school, that's how you knew who the real wrestling fans was. Yes. Because if you go to your friend, everybody everybody knows who Ultimate Warrior is. Everybody knows who Hulk Hogan Macho Man is. And we're talking, if you knew who Lex Luger and Sting were before, you know, the Monday Night Wars. We're talking, or or like, I remember when Ric Flair came to W. He, to me, he was a WCW guy. When Absolutely. He came, when he that, came was a, the, that was a big one. That, that was a big, like, whoa, he's was, here. I think that's the first time in my life. You know, people always talk about Hogan going from WWF or WWE to WCW. Like, really, Flair did that first, but flipped. You know? And even the Steiners showing right, up. Right, I mean, right, I, remember right. I was like, whoa, Luger. Right, Luger. That's what I said. Like, like when people were like, oh, the narcissist. Uh, and they were trying to make him Hulk Hogan there for a minute. And they remember they were doing the Lex Express. And yeah. The problem is, dude looked good. He wasn't a horrible wrestler. He just... In the, I just... He never... I just never... He never felt real to me. I never yeah. felt like... I never felt... I like I do like Lex Luger. To me, I always liked him when he was like Sting's when him and Sting were like sure. buddies or like when they, I was like but that was you know and I loved uh I I always was I was I would watch Crow Sting praying for the day that he was going to come out there like old Sting again like the surfer maybe, style. Well, maybe a version of it cuz it started to mutate before he, you know, but I just mean like I always saw like maybe and he kind of did that when he went with the red wolf pack stuff, but I just, I was like, I would have rather had some new face paint than uh, just a red version of what you just did. But yeah, but I love Sting, man. Uh, and, and I used to love, we used to watch WCW, um, 
WCW. Uh, <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> wrestling. We used to watch it all the time, too. And that's how I would know in elementary, like, who, you know, because, you know, because I used to have the really cool Hasbro plastic do mechanical wrestlers oh, yeah, of course. dude i had all the wcw just stiff posed the glue so yeah man you know where they only they wouldn't move man absolutely you know? i brother. had them all too dude yeah, and man. every one of those guys came with a wrestling belt yes they did you know so like dude i remember having the uh the sting for sure yeah, i blue, remember blue pants oh yeah Wilson. oh yeah, yeah the steiners oh yeah, yeah man, yeah, man. I, but i mean i remember and you'll probably relate to this i was too. doing crossover matches way before they was cool, yeah i don't want to keep you here too long we'll, <laughs> we'll wrap it up here but like I remember um, back in the day, like I'm talking like 97, 98. Yeah, I'm. I've been a wrestling fan this whole time. But right. all of a sudden, I see kids, and I've said this before. Now they're wearing Wolfpack shirts, Austin right. three sixteen shirts. Right. Like, oh, you like wrestling? That's because their dads are our age, and they're like, "Hey, kids, son, watch this one. It was cool." Right, and you then know? they're but they're watching it, but they didn't know anything about stuff from before. Right, like like they said something about the outsiders, like oh, right. like Razor Ramon, who's right. Razor Ramon, like. What? <laughs> what? Like, yeah. how do you like? How do you not? How do you not get that? Like, yeah. so it's it's kind of interesting how, that, especially in that time period, how quickly it moved, right, and changed. But like, people don't remember Diesel. They remember yeah. they know who Kevin Nash is, right? Because oh, he was, oh, he was Diesel. I, I wasn't watching that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that, that wasn't that long ago, you know. Right. But it was quick, it was funny how they became fans so quickly. And I remember being that too. Oh, sorry. Okay. I remember being that too. But from a from an I remember when I came into wrestling, and I remember. Uh, I remember when I learned that Hulk Hogan was in a Rocky movie. Sure, man. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, and that's how you know, like, the kids who are really. Thunder in Paradise. Right. Dude, I loved that show, man. (laughs) It's like uh, Baywatch almost. It was actually made by the producers of Baywatch. It was. And, uh, man, I just, I loved the Hulkster, man. Um, some, you know, I'll tell you, when I watched them get inducted in the NWO, though, Kevin Nash stole the show with that speech, man. That was pretty good. Yeah. But, man, I, Dude, thanks for having me on this show. I, um, I, I I wanted to have you on because I thought it would be fun to just chop it up, you know, right, what I mean? man, and yeah. just kind of. And I think, and I've always said because when I initially thought of this, I was like, well, I can only, only talk to wrestlers, because yeah, of the fake stuff. But I thought, right. no, no, I no, I can talk to anybody because a fan right has defended this business just as much as any wrestler right. has. And true fans are always going to be defending it, sure. Know? And I, you know, like I said, I've got to do a minuscule little bit of wrestling, so this kind of stuff kind of kind of keeps me excited. It kind of makes me feel makes me feel like I did something kind of cool because if, if I hadn't have done that and I wouldn't be here with you and we wouldn't have got to go over our dream match, our dream match and everything. It's you know? funny to think like if a few different things changed yeah. would we have even ever met in our entire lives. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, like, and if that hadn't happened we wouldn't be talking right, right. now. Right, I get to do a wrestling podcast on Wrestlemania Sunday. I, yeah, I, I, I know. I'll mark out for that because I'm who gives a shit? Judge me. I'm yeah. proud. You yeah, know absolutely, I mean? brother. Because I'll, I'll kick your ass if you think <laughs> you can. I mean, like I, I, I'll I'll shoot you, man. Yeah, I will yeah. slap the taste out of your mouth, and then you'll be like, "What did you do that for?" Did you see that Dark Side of the Ring episode? Best episode ever. You know what? Well, not best episode ever because I'm a Von Eric Mark. Yeah, I man. even watched the uh, where they went back and did the uh, yeah that they like the yeah, extra that, scenes, the, like the director's cut and all that. Yeah, man. Um, but uh, you know, I'm an old Von Eric Mark. Yeah. Mark, man. I mean, I, his boys are doing their best, and uh, I hope they do great. I just don't ever get to see them very much. Yeah, and, uh, but. But I think Kevin's story is worth a Hollywood movie. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, but know. the David Schultz one, that's one of those things like... It well, sucks for him. He was defending the business, he man. Was, he and was I felt like what he was taught to do. And I know? think he kind of got 
taken to the pasture right. or something he didn't do. Right. But even like like with John Stossel, like it, it's like he was trying to disprove right. wrestling. He was being that. What, what did I say at the beginning of this? That guy who uses fake with that evil. He was being that guy. He, he was. Yeah. And like I, they showed like a little clip of him kind of going after the cigarette industry yeah. about cancer. It's like right. okay, so you're trying to do this for people's health. I understand that. But wrestling is just fun entertainment. Right. Like That would be like, to me, going after the movie industry. Right. Why? What do you got to earn? Like, is Arnold Schwarzenegger really walk away from explosions? You know, like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, and, and the way he said it, like, I think all this stuff is fake. It's yeah. Like, in a way, right. you knew something was going to happen. Maybe you didn't think you were going to get right. the piss slapped out of you. Right. But you knew something was going to happen. That's why you were there. Right. And, and what and what I always, after watching that, I... I didn't feel this way till after I watched it, but I felt sorry for him because I've heard stories from because I love wrestling. I've watched documentaries, like I love the territory stuff. I've watched all those ones that WWE makes. I love them; they're mm-hmm. fun to watch. Absolutely, they're educational. And you hear stories about the old heads used to tell guys if you're in a bar and a dude calls a shit fake, you better lay his ass out and make him a believer. That that the guys used to have to. You used to have to be kind of a badass back in the 60s and 70s because if yeah, someone man. called you out in the bar, your promoter expected you to show that guy that he was. And my dad used to tell me back in even Mid-South days, uh, he's seen uh, uh, oh, Michael Hayes, Fury Bird, like slap the piss out of a guy in the front row coming down to the ring because back in the day, if a guy did something stupid to you like that, if you were walking down, you, you better hit him for real because we're still... We're trying to, to. We're still to, promoting this as real, yes, you know. Yeah. And I think that's what that is why the people who want to be like, you know, you think, right? they have this stick up their ass. They can't get over that people used to sell it as real. Well, we'll get over it, man. Yeah. You used to believe Santa Claus was real. Do you quit celebrating Christmas with your kids with Santa Claus? You to, know? to me, it's it goes to that whole point of like my nephew's seven. He doesn't. Yeah. He still believes. Right. So, let him believe. So we man. let him believe. When he figures it out, it's like he's the youngest one. Yeah, but we can still celebrate Christmas. Like I heard a right. story about a guy at the mall here in town. Yeah, a few years ago, was going up to kids telling them Santa's not real. Yeah, that's a dick move, dude. Man. If I saw, dude, yeah, he yeah. would be suplexed right yeah. there, right, right there right, in that moment. Right. Like I don't care. Like right. you don't have the right to tell people right what what they're into or not. Right, like, and I love the Christmas analogy with Santa Claus, and no no disrespect to people who are like don't who get all pissed because we do live in this era now where you don't know what's offensive and what's not but here's the thing with Santa Claus as an adult I've got a son now yeah man. congratulations Thank on you, that man. by the way because he, he, wasn't, he wasn't born the last time we talked no he here. wasn't he's he, he's 10 months he actually did a dusty road shoot today I like it uh, we, we got him a stuffed Ric Flair and he uh, now people are giving me shit because I put him in polka dots but the reason I put him in the polka dot Ric Flair is because I wanted to use the American Dream theme. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was the polka dot dust. And here's another thing. No other guy could have got those fucking polka dots over. So if you want to shit on Dusty for getting those polka dots over, you're not a real Dusty fan because Dusty made polka dots fucking cool. So, Absolutely. You know, he did. So that's how good he was. So no, I'm not. Now, we did put him in some Levi's and some cowboy boots and that. Sam bought him a shirt that said uh, the American Dream, son of a plunder. And nice. the reason is because my wife's blonde. And so my son was born with this crazy blonde hair, and he's got crystal. But he looks like Dusty Rose to me, and I made the joke one day. And so 
Sam had her grandma actually make him this costume, and like so. That's know, awesome. Though, we man. had him. We had a professional. We the woman who took his Easter picture. She's from Bristow. Which, you know, she's a wrestling fan because you know they actually have wrestling out in Bristow. Yeah, absolutely. And and, uh, and she was like, please. When we told her that at the Easter thing, she's like, please let me do this. And she bought the ring backdrop, and today oh, awesome. she used smoke. So I can't wait to see what the final picture. I got a video of the photo shoot. I can't nice. wait to see what these end pictures look like. Uh, that'll be awesome, man. But, uh, man, thanks again for having me on. I know you got to wrap this up. I yeah, can it's talk been a lot, forever. But... It's been a lot of fun. I know we'll definitely do it again down the road, I hope. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Uh, you have please. any social media or anything you want to let people know where man, they can find here, you? Here's me, dude. Um, I'm, I'm on Facebook. Mitchell Salazar, S-A-L-A-Z-R. Now, I, here's the thing. I get into entertainment, and I've done music. I have an Instagram, and uh, but I'm, I'm never on it. Uh, I tried this TikTok thing just because the, I find myself just watching that, not actually putting anything on it anymore. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. I think I'm just uh, if you find me on if you if you find me on you can find me on Facebook, Mitchell Salazar, or you can. I mean, I don't really promote that. I haven't promoted that in a while, just because, like I said, man. I I think I'm stepping over into that. Uh, I think we're all growing out of social media a little right, bit, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I'm stepping out of that. You I, know? Like I I I use it for this, like Absolutely. for podcasting, but I, really. I don't use it for anything else. Well, there's the thing. I I I really I you I'm on Facebook, but for me Facebook, uh, I for me Facebook's a double edged sword, man. Yeah. I I love Facebook too because I like to see my friends. My I like to see what friends are doing. Like I like when you when you post things uh, with your nieces and nephews. Sure, and stuff, man. And I like like that's what I like to. Which post. is what it's for, right? Exactly. Vacations I and mean, keep your politics somewhere else. You know. So I'm yeah, the man. type of person, man. You'll never see me be political or any. I only use Facebook to be like, look how much weight I've lost. Sure. Thank you for your support. Uh, you know, uh, look at my cute little kid. And I'm sure people always probably get sick of my cute little kid, but well, you, but I mean, I also know you've actually used Facebook to promote my podcast, which well, I yeah, which because, I appreciate. And, and the reason, know? and the and I use Facebook to promote things. Now sometimes I get lazy and I forget to go. I don't even like. I'll some mm-hmm. days I'll forget to post something I meant to post. But I do. I'll share my like my friend Charlie Crockett. He's doing really well in the music business right yeah. now, and uh, and I, I like your podcast. I listen to podcasts all the you. My, I listen to I listen to your podcast, Joe Rogan and uh, Kevin Smith's Fat Man Beyond. Man, those those are my weekend go tos. Gets awesome. me gets me through work, you know. So of course I I'm gonna promote it, you know. And I try I try to you know I try to promote my friends' stuff. Because yeah. I want you guys to be successful. Because if you're a success and I get to say, I know that guy. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, dude, this has been an absolute blast, brother. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's, let's go watch WrestleMania. Let's do it. All right, man. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you once again to Mitchell Lee for being on the show. A great guy. Really fun guy to talk to and uh, just an amazing human being. And um, <clears throat> I'm sure down the road he'll be back on the show again because he's just a guy I like to chop it up with, you know. And, uh, you know, what better place than, than this podcast to do that? I think that's great. Um, and it's also it's good for me to be back in my routine. So la- the last couple of weeks, I um, so full disclosure, I left out of town early Sunday morning. And that was the the day that um, I, well, Saturday night I recorded the open for Wesley Crane, which was episode twenty six. 
I was out of town for episode 27 with Drew Vinsel, so I recorded all that ahead of time. So I actually kind of, I it, it probably it didn't seem like it's for you guys because the episode still came out regularly, but it gave me a little bit of a break from this, from Power Hour. And I think that's nice sometimes. You kind of need that little break from uh, from your podcasting. But um, fret not, I still have a lot of great guests lined up uh, for the show, including my guest next week for episode 29. If you're a Fig Life fan, you know this guy because he didn't take any L's. And I'm talking about the one and only Mike the Cleaner. Um, first got acquainted with Mike through Twitter. He was a figure collector. And um, I did a podcast called Fully Posable, which I always talk about. And uh, he heard that and started following each other and started talking. And Mike's just a great dude, you know. He's uh, he's also very big into card collecting. So if you guys are uh, card people, um, cards are huge right now. They got really big, I feel like, over covid and, um, you know, I remember them being huge in like the eighties and nineties and now they're, they're big again. And Mike knows all about it. He's, uh, he's very into the card collecting figure collecting, very sharp guy and very, very fun guy to talk to. First time I podcasted with him. So we had a great conversation. So anyway, that will be coming up next week. And of course, um, I got to shout out my homies, my buddies, uh, the fully posable wrestling figure podcast. Like I mentioned two amazing dudes. Definitely got to check out their show. Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Two other great guys and another amazing show. The Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric. Uh, another great one. Is that really Steve on the AEW figure box? I don't know. I'm not going to say it's not because it looks just like him. The Ringside Rant with RJ. Another great show. The Leisure and Lariat's Podcast. Boot to the Face. Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Caitlin. Wreck my podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and all his buddies over there. That's my alarm clock going off in the background because I'm supposed to be getting up for work right now. That's podcast dedication, ladies and gentlemen. Trivia with Buds with Ryan Buds. Howling with the Wolf with my buddy Jason Wolf. In fact, if you're not a part of the uh, Wolf Club in that chop shop, you're missing. The uh, figure for July is absolutely incredible. Pulling up a chair with my buddy Tim over at a chair shot. And then finally... Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast with my buddy Richard over there, who will be coming up on the show in a few short weeks. Um, check out my other podcast, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, the TV Toy Cast with my buddy Travis Fowler. Check out Bane's other show, No Holds Barred with Bill Benus. And that's all I got. Thank you, guys. And remember, as the great Johnny Valentine once said, I cannot make you believe that professional wrestling is real, but I sure as hell can make you believe that I am. I'm Brian Breaker. This is You Know It's Fake, right? And we will see you guys next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. I've been around for a minute and I can stand toe-to-toe with the best of the minute. Don't give a damn about critics They talk a lot, but at the end of the night I'm selling the tickets All the tough guys avoid me The ladies all adore me Paparazzi record me I can put on a clinic All my opposers are born